Today is Wednesday, April 13th. The title for our devotional is Eve's Response. Yesterday we saw how Satan attempted to deceive Eve. Today we will explore how Eve distorted God's word and we'll catch a glimpse into our fallen human nature, which I find this so fascinating. So again, I would encourage you as we read this not to view it as just what has happened to you, but see yourself in the place of Eve. And I think we will see some common trends that we experience in our day-to-day life as well, which it's really bizarre. It's really crazy to read a text as old as Genesis and still see yourself and your human nature in the character of Eve, which again speaks to the truth of God's word. Let's begin reading Genesis 3. We're going to read today verses 1 through 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, Serpent deceived me, and I ate. For our devotional today, remember, we're looking at Eve's response to the temptation of the serpent. In her response in verse 2, we see that she exaggerates the prohibition that God gave her when she says, and you must not touch it. God never said she was not to touch the tree. They were just not to take the fruit from it and eat it. Eat it. So she has exaggerated the prohibition. She also reduces the punishment in her mind. In 2.17, God says that they will certainly die. In Hebrew, the word die is repeated twice, emphasizing the certainty of the action. Satan, rather ironically, as we saw yesterday, seems to know the words of God better than Eve as he says, you will not certainly die. In verse 4, he more accurately quotes God's words than Eve does. So she has reduced the punishment of God. Not certainly die, but she just says we will die. Eve also minimizes the blessing. God says in in 2.17, you may surely eat. Again, the word for eat is repeated in Hebrew, emphasizing the certainty of it. Some translations say you may freely eat. Again, Eve leaves leaves this out and distorts God's words by minimizing the blessing and reducing the punishment. Yesterday, we saw how Satan tempted Eve in verse 5 by driving a wedge in her relationship with God by questioning whether or not she can really trust his intentions. This is also a temptation appealing to human pride. 
humans desire both knowledge apart from God and to be like God, as the text says here. Humans are, of course, created in the image and likeness of God already. So we are like God to a degree, but that likeness never does away with our need for God. We are but God's stewards. We do not have the authority to rule creation apart from God's gift and calling. We will also never be beyond needing God's word to guide us into truth, both moral and factual truth. Even today, those in the what's known as the neo-atheist movement, like Sam Harris, are striving to find a basis for objective morals and duties apart from God. Our technological advances promise to give us the power of God to create. Of course, we ought to fulfill the creation mandate and build culture, create in some ways, uh, be creative, like God was creative, but never at the expense of needing God. To do so would be to usurp the order that God baked into the fabric of the created world. In verse 6, we get a crash course into the nature of temptation. Eve first saw. Temptation begins with our perceptions and quickly moves to the heart as the seat of our desires. She then saw that the, that the tree was, quote, good for food, as it moves to our stomach, and gluttony is pleasing to the eye, eyes and lust, and desirable for gaining wisdom, the mind and the desire to gain wisdom apart from God, gain it on our own in a different way. The temptation itself is not the root of the problem. It is the corruption of the human heart. Paul expresses the same idea in his famous treatise on human sinful nature in Romans chapter 1. He says God gave them over to the sinful desires of their heart, verse 24. He also says God gave them over to shameful lusts, in verse 26. And then in verse 28, he says God gave them over to a depraved mind, emphasizing these similar ideas. We also see the corruption of the human nature in Adam and Eve's response when they are confronted with their sin. Their first instinct is denial and rationalization. They pass the blame on to the next character, deflecting it from themselves, never owning up to their mistakes. The Dallas Willard quote below that I'll read in just a moment says it way better than I can here. All of this points to our deeply flawed human nature. Temptation is effective on us because we distort God's word by exaggerating the prohibitions reducing the foretold punishment, and minimizing the blessing God has already given us. This tendency indicates a deeper problem of not trusting in God's good will towards us. We think we know what is better for us than God does. And so we take matters into our own hands, attempting to usurp his authority, placing ourselves on the throne as a small g, God. Then, when we come face to face with the evil in our heart, we deflect, we blame others, we rationalize our sin as an excusable mistake. This nature of the human condition is quite literally a problem as old as time. For additional content, I wanted to read a bit of a lengthy quote from Dallas Willard in his book, Renovation of the Heart. He says, The initial move towards Christ-likeness cannot be towards self-esteem because of confusion about what self-esteem means and because realistically, I'm not okay and you're not okay. We are all in serious trouble. That must be our starting point. Self-esteem in such a situation will only breed self-deception and frustration, as is now increasingly recognized, by the way. For the realities of our soul will still be what they are, and will still have the consequences for evil that they naturally do, regardless of what we or others may say to, quote, pump ourselves up, and really to conceal and deny who we are. A high opinion of ourselves will only make those consequences 
more difficult to deal with. He continues, Denial usually in some form of rationalization is the primary device that humans use to deal with their own wrongness. It was the first thing out of the mouths of Adam and Eve after they sinned. And it continues up to the latest edition of the newspaper. A prophetic witness from God must throw itself against the massive weight of group and individual denial, often institutionalized and subtly built into our customary ways of speaking and interacting. He says elsewhere in this chapter of our fallenness to recognize, of our failing to recognize our fallen nature, he says, we are like farmers who diligently plant crops but cannot admit the existence of weeds and insects and can only think to pour on more fertilizer. Reflection time today. How have you seen Eve's response to temptation and sin in your own life? You may have to think of past sins that you've later come to realize as sin. With all of these, it's going to take some time to sit and process and to think through these. So maybe pause it as I read each one, or um, just write them down or visit the devotional page and process and think through throughout your day. First, how have you exaggerated God's prohibitions? In popular culture today, we call this legalism. How have you minimized his promised punishment? Third, how have you minimized God's blessing and provision or viewed yourself as providing that and blessing yourself or others blessing you and not God? Fourth, does that description of temptation that I read earlier, which you may have to go back and look through again, leading to sin, does that ring a bell? And fifth, when you are caught in a sin, do you find your first instinct is to own up to it or to deny it and rationalize it?